Stop! Sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Miller Dirty Harry Miller Dirty Harry Miller Podcast Dirty Harry Miller Podcast Every penny's worth Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, the only podcast in the world to review every minute of the 1971 Warner Brothers classic starring Clint Eastwood. I am John and I am joined by my two co-hosts as usual, Tim. Hi. And Trent. Good afternoon. Now, Trent, you were absent the last few episodes. I was. Now, what were you doing? Uh, I was looking at houses. Oh. Um, You know, in Melbourne's is it plummeting? Is it ascending property market? I have no idea, but uh, yeah, that's something that'll date this podcast uh, following, immediately. Following the lead from one of the characters in this movie, you could have just found an empty stadium to, to live in. Well, I tried that. I went to Bob Jane Stadium in South Melbourne and tried to find, uh, you know, a gardener's quarters and found nothing. So, sad days. Shame. But uh, yeah. Well, we're fortunate enough to be Guested by three uh, guests this episode. Shane, returning guest. Hey, g'day. How are you? Very good. Glenn. Hello. And Greta. Welcome. First time guest to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Good evening. Well, we are reviewing today a minute 48. A minute begins with Chico listening in on his earpiece and ends with a shot of Chico in his car rear view mirror. Tim, what did you think about this minute? Uh... It's all right. It's, the action's about to get underway, but the action hasn't actually started, so not not too much to talk about. I wouldn't have thought. It's another boring minute, Greta. Uh, what <laughs> what did you think about this minute? Um, no, I enjoyed it. There was a lot going on. Um, mm-hmm. There was, I mean, it's it's book ended, which is nice. You know, starts and finishes in the same spot. Um, and yeah, I had a, I had a. There was a lot going on. I don't actually know what happens in this. Movie <laughs> at all. I've never seen it, so I'm, I don't know if I'm the best guess, but I'll, you know, I'll try my hardest. Like many movies, there's a compelling protagonist, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yes. McGarnacle, isn't it? It's McGarnacle. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to eat lunch here. <laughs> now, has anyone here seen the movie Bloodwork? Because in that movie, nah. Clint, in that movie, Clint also plays a, a cop who. Spends his days around an empty uh, marina. Let's listen to all the, the cicadas <laughs> agreeing with you, John, on that. <laughs> what do you think, Greta, about this minute? Any other... This minute? Mm. Um, well, I don't know. Much, like I said, I don't know much about the movie, but um, it strikes me that this, this Harry chap is not one to be told what to do. Oh, I no, mean, yes. I got that much, you know, in his demeanour. And then suddenly here's this guy on the phone... Tell him to shut up. Mm. And he says, listen. And the fellow goes, no, you listen. And it's the expression on Clint's face, sorry, McGarnacle's face, it's just, <laughs> it's pure shock. It's like, it's it's how dare you, you know? And it seems like the first time someone's given him direct instruction. So it's kind of a crucial minute, I think. I agree. In the previous minute, uh, previous guest, Chaz, surmised it sort of sounds like a, a pickup, a sex call. Who are you? I'm a cop, a police officer. Yeah. What's your name? <laughs> 
Is there any reason why Scorpio requested a yellow bag? Is it just because the yellow bag's easy because to see it looks at night? Good on film. Yeah. <laughs> easy to spot, I guess. I think it's about optics. Yeah. Easy to spot, easy to keep track of. I wonder who bought the bag. Are there an endless yeah. supply of them at the police station? Or as soon as Bressler heard there was an easy on crime mayor, did he decide, oh, God, we're going to need a lot of bags for future ransom drop-offs? I think they have a bag sponsor. Did you, did you guys notice the symbolism with those girls playing jump rope? Yeah. Well, I just noticed what the fuck are children doing out playing at that hour? Like, <laughs> Jesus There's Christ. There's that too. There's that too. Like, call CPS. Um, but... Uh, the, I, I thought it was um, interesting because they're they're singing like Cinderella dressed in yellow that old that old um, rhyme. So the symbolism is the girl or the princess that needs rescuing, right? Yeah. And her salvation is dressed in the yellow suitcase. Wow. Layers, guys. Amazing. There are layers. <laughs> I find it really creepy just to hear that nursery rhyme sort of sound. It's like ominous. Does it yeah. strike you as cre- creepy, Greta? These young girls alone on a, a dark night. Yeah, yeah. bit of a horror oh, movie. Oh, it's dramatic. It's, it's narrative device. It's someone being a smartass. It's some director going, oh, yeah, that'll be good. You know. <laughs> My kids are on set Put today. Some symbolism anyway. in there. Why didn't Harry wear some easier clothes to run in? He knew that he, when he stepped out tonight. Any thoughts, Glenn? Because he wanted to... Because how many action heroes get to wear fucking V-necks? Like, Not many. Exactly. And I think he was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to wear a V-neck because they look fantastic. I think that they, they're kind of used to running in those kind of clothes. I mean, what the hell is a cop going to wear? Like running shoes and shit to work? Like that's <laughs> not going to work. Did everyone like how Scorpio's decided to go against Cinema Norm? And he said, I'll let the, I'll let the phone ring four times before you get it rather than three. I thought that was quite different, you know. What a reasonable Oh, man. is that a norm, is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's a cinematic trope, Glenn. I guess so. But maybe it was the director trying to be slightly innovative, but not too innovative. <laughs> he was like, one extra ring. Yeah, yeah. That's going to make it. Also, I watched a bit further on and he went past four rings, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very generous extorter. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's, he's a kind extorter. He gives you second chances. Maybe it's to avoid the confusion of, you know, sometimes when you're, you're on the starting line and you're doing the one, two, three, and you're not sure whether to actually go on three or if you have to wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just giving yourself a bit. He starts counting from zero. <laughs> well, I always like the way that in these, protagon- in, in these situations that the protagonist never answers the phone straight away, even when they can sometimes. Yeah. And it's just like, well... I'm not going to do what you tell me to do and it's, I'll make you wait or something like that, which seems really risky if the person's all like, I'm going to murder people and stuff. And you're like, well, you'll just wait for a second, won't you, mister? <laughs> like, that's ballsy, I have to mm. say. That's very ballsy. That's McGarnacle. <laughs> <laughs> John, how, how, much, how much money is in the, that yellow bag? It's 200000 He's up the stakes, hasn't he? Do you think there's room for his gym clothing? Because... um. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's dressed in his coat. Uh. He can change. Now, we find out it's 9.30, 9.30pm. Harry was told to get there at 9. So, he's been hanging around. He's anxious. He's in there for half an hour. It's just bewildering. It took him so long to realise the phone was ringing for him. I wonder if he'd fallen asleep while he was waiting. I think that's years of the alcohol abuse and just living on fucking hot dogs. <laughs> I love that from the start. And it's just like breakfast or dinner, buddy. And, you know, it's like, dude, 
that's oh man living on sodium all the time like ah oh, poor guy no wonder he's always so surly and shit no wonder he is so surly Shane, what's the significance of Scorpio checking what time he's got? Is it just synchronizing or we're on the same page? We'll, eat, we'll know when, you know, what time's elapsed. Why does he so. Need- he doesn't want to be working with someone with a, a stopped watch. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. We'll just synchronize. Yeah, he probably started. got his timings down, I think. Yeah. It's down to the ring. So, yeah. Mm. And uh, Tim, do you do you think Scorpio's time trialed all this? Like Scorpio's <laughs> done the research? <laughs> because what would he do if DiGiorgio or another a fat copper, a puffer had been um, the one to be the bag man? I don't think he cares. <laughs> <laughs> second chances. He's all about second chances. I just noticed something. When does... What's, what's his partner's name again? Chico. When does Chico put the frigging glasses on and why does he put glasses on? Oh, he had it. He had it. Back in the first scene, I okay, think. Okay, because there he's like without the glasses. And then by the end of the scene, he has the glasses on again. Oh, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, Why that does he put glasses on? What was he reading in the car? Like, what is going on? Or are they driving glasses? Driving uh, glasses? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. But you saw that he started driving without putting them on. Are we all Very irresponsible, Chico. We all do that sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's under a lot of pressure. Yes. All right. I'll, I'll give it to him. Now, Trent, you weren't here last minute, but um, we had our theories. Is Scorpio nearby? Do you think at this moment in time, Scorpio can actually see Harry? Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's that's the uh, two hundred thousand dollar question. It is the two hundred thousand dollar question, and it's the question of you know and edginess to this shit. Is he actually watching? What if Harry does fuck up and do something, or you know, talk to someone? How will you ever know? But he's not spotting Chico. No. And he said no cars and Chico's got a car and, well, the car's black. That makes him totally invisible, obviously. <laughs> totally, obviously. Yeah. It's a cloaking device. <laughs> well, because the whole thing is like, this is before mobile phones. And so, if he is watching them, what is he talking to him on? Like, has no, he he's wearing a what? Um, McGonagall is wearing- McGonagall. <laughs> Thanks, Greta. Um, wire, right? Because he can, he can talk back to Chico. I've noticed that. He can, no, I'm talking, I'm, but I'm talking about if the crazy dude, yeah. if Scorpio, whatever his name is, is that yeah. his name? If yeah. Scorpio is watching him, he's talking to him on the phone at the same time. What is he talking to oh, him Oh, because he'll have to be tethered to a landline because yeah. there's no yeah, mobile yeah. phone. And yeah, so how could he be in the park watching him and also on the phone to him? Yeah, it's not possible. Unless there's a very long Roseanne style yeah, yeah. cord on his phone. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Well, speaking of the phone bit, see, because I just re- like at the start of that shot, at the opening shot when he's, hang on. Sorry, Greta, we're just watching accidentally in a future minute. <laughs> oh God, we've broken the rules. It happens sometimes. You've broken the rules. You're just like McGarnacle, guys. Yeah. <laughs> McGarnacle. How, how do you, we're talking about whether he's watching or not. How do we know that, that the, the children outside the station aren't Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> like that. That's a good point, actually. That's the perfect cover. <laughs> yeah. Well, Trent, guess guess where he's calling from? Where? Inside of San Francisco Hilton. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Lame. I'll be home on a Monday. <laughs> well, well, Greta, did you... Was this minute exceedingly dark for you? Do you think if they filmed this today, it would be... I don't know, there'd be a lot more lighting. Um, the, I, I did notice that a lot of shadows. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, there'd be, a, there'd be a bit more fill. There'd be a bit more bounce. But I did really enjoy the, uh, the lovely bokeh effects. 
Yeah, well, the the bokehs are oval. The bokehs are nice and oval because they're using anamorphic lenses, which require lots of light. So yeah, so yeah. there must be light in there. Yeah, they've graded it down. I don't know. I don't know what they could and couldn't do, but yeah, they're, it probably would be more illuminated if it was a if it was a similar film in this day and age. We have some we have some commentary here from Burr Surtees, the director of photography, Greta, and he said, I didn't want to pump light in the faces. That's the conventional thing to do, but I wanted to backlight it. Clint's always said he wanted the camera to lean forward to, to see for the viewers to see him rather than having Clint's face bombarding itself at you. And over the years he's all, he's used his cinematographer Bruce Surtees a lot. That is good. It is good. It's like, no, you have to kind of lean in and um, get the connection and the engagement for yourself rather than, yeah, yeah, it just filling the frame. If we go back to the start of this, yeah, see, the thing that always gets me is that the old school, like, um, like phone, what, the receiver, like the actual bit that you hold and speak into. Yeah. It's hard to hold, a, like, a smartphone in as manly a fashion as that. <laughs> so true. Like, yeah, it's really yeah, hard yeah. To, to hold it and to look like a big, strong man. But that's the old school ones. You could really, like, <laughs> grasp them and stuff like that. And if that you know, is if 100% you, true. I was admiring the masculine, veiny hands holding the receiver. I did. I did. I, I subconsciously you know, did. You've got to kind of be all ginger about it and all this kind of stuff. Oh, it's a real shame. And you can't, you can't just slam it down if you're yes. angry. Like, oh, the it, slamming. The equivalent would be... Th- Throwing your phone into a wall yeah, yeah. or something. Ah, oh, there was nothing more satisfying with those old pay phones with like, they were all metal. And when you got really pissed off and you were just like, well, fuck you. And Ching. Yeah, yeah. It was so satisfying to, to really hang those things up. Greta, just out of curiosity, if you haven't seen this film, what what's no. your impression? What do you, does it make you want to watch the rest of it? Yeah. Um... Yes, I kind of don't like these days. I don't like damsel in distress type thing. I like I, I like my gals to have some agency yes. and not be kind of you know imagined and ab- abstract and you know princesses in another castle type shit. But um, uh, from what I saw, yeah, it was. I do I do want to find out what happens. I do want to find out. Um, yeah, if he if he uh, finds this bloke, Hank Scorpio, and. <laughs> And what ends up happening in the end, I do. Because he's a good actor, you know. You, he, he draws you in. And, uh, and what does the name, what, what do you think Dirty Harry is referring to? Because uh, he plays dirty. <laughs> Very true. Because he doesn't play by the rules. That's what she said. <laughs> but is that, is that, is that true? Well, That's what it is? Well, I, I was talking about this with my housemates. And because it's like back in the day... I get that this movie was in- interesting, but there were like lots of detective movies and cop movies yeah. and they don't do things by the book and everything like that. But Dirty Harry, I reckon the big reason for its success was the name. And because I wasn't this the era when they would every now and again release like full on porn movies, but like into the cinemas and stuff like that. Yeah. And I reckon that's how they got people with this. <laughs> Is it was like Dirty Harry starring Clint Eastwood and they're like, Clint Eastwood's done a porno? Sweet. And um, yeah, and then they got in there and they were very disappointed. And Warner like, Brothers Aw. has changed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They were thought this is going to be great, but then no, they were very disappointed. But back to that, like not playing by the rules, like, you know, the, the, I, fe- I feel like this minute is very pivotal because... Mm. He's again going back to what I said about he's being told what to do, you know, for the first time, and he can't really do anything about it because, you know, I'm sure he likes to throw the book. He likes to get told, told, you know, to play by the book by the chief, and then chuck the book back. But you can't, you can't chuck a book at a payphone. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. The payphone has the power. 
Oh well, if the payphone if the payphone's got the yellow pages, you can. (laughs) 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could do that. Do they used to? Do you reckon? Do you reckon they used to keep phone? They did, didn't they? Phone books in the phone. What? What's in the? Yeah, the yellow pages in the actual phone. I think some did on a chain. On a chain. Yeah, yeah. they they sort of did shit like that. I thought cops used them mm. to, to like hurt perps, didn't they? I remember hearing stories about oh, yeah. that there's some sort of technique that yeah, you use yeah. a phone book and it really hurts someone. You punch them through the phone oh, book. Yeah, 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 but it doesn't yeah, leave a bruise yeah. or something. You, you stick it on the you stick it on the side you put the guy's head on the table, put the phone book on the guy's head and whack the phone book with yeah. your baton. So you get like excruciating headaches and it's really painful, but there's no bruises. Maybe that's what they actually mean by the book because this was back in the day when it seemed like beating the shit out of people was a great way to like <laughs> get them to confess to crimes, especially if they weren't white people. So <laughs> maybe that's what they really mean in those things where they're like, oh, he doesn't go by the book in the sense that he doesn't beat the shit out of people with phone books. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what a traitor <laughs> to the course. <laughs> Double meaning. <laughs> when we were at prim- when I was at primary school, Stuart Rice and I, um, we thought we were most ingenious. We thought, oh, you've got to strangle someone with ice cubes because after they die, the ice melts and no one will know <laughs> how they died. Yeah. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, but ice cubes in a stocking, right? Yeah. So they're going to find the stocking. So they'd have to be in a stocking, the ice yeah. cubes, wouldn't they? Yeah. No, you'd sort of, you'd hold their mouth around the ice. I don't know. We had, it wasn't a very... Yeah, wouldn't they melt? Like, as you were trying to choke them with them, wouldn't they, wouldn't they melt? No. Well, well, it wouldn't melt fast enough. You'd really? You'd choke. You had a window of a minute or See, two. See, this is what, apparently it takes a lot longer to actually choke someone than people think. Like, if you actually choke someone until they're unconscious and then you stop choking them, they'll wake up again. This yeah. is the whole thing about, like, MMA depends on that kind of thing. <laughs> Like, <laughs> MMA would be much different if, it, if that was not the case. Well, there's no choking in any of the Dirty Harry sequels, so I don't really... I don't have a guide to go by. Cause every, yeah, yeah. In the second one, Magnum Force. Strangling? Doesn't the pimp strangle the... Oh, the girl, yes, The yes. girl in the car? Sorry, yes. Yeah. Yeah. With ice cubes? <laughs> oh, yeah, well. <laughs> Drainer it was. Well, guys, I've done a bit of Google searching, and this um, Forest Hills station is about eight kilometres away. That's exactly what I Googled. Uh, from the marina. And for him, that, that's an, and all the topography of San Francisco was up and down and up and down, and it would take him quite a while to get there, let alone if DiGiorgio is, had been the one, the bag man. <laughs> I don't know. Like, jumps on a train. What time do you have? 2 a.m.? Like, <laughs> yeah. By the time he gets to the next stop, to the station. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Chico's recently new to town from San Jose State. I wonder if. You know, there's no Google. He doesn't have a Melway or a Sidway in the back of his car. I wonder if he knew where Forest Hills was. <laughs> I think this was back in the day when, where people had to read maps and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, you never see that in those type of movies. You never see the guy new to town checking his street directory. No. <laughs> that, would, that would really slow down the pacing, though. Like, man, that would be a long cut. <laughs> and a longer podcast. What do you think Chico's got on his 8-track? What sort of music would Chico like to listen to, Glenn? Um, I think probably some, I don't know, or some South American groovy music or something. Sergio Mendes and Brazil 66. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe Herb Albert and Tijuana Brass. Actually, we're probably just being racist. Maybe he has Mozart. Maybe he's a man of class and distinction listening to Mozart and Beethoven in his car. Or maybe he has Leo Sayer. 
Maybe he does yeah, have yeah. Leo's there. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know. That's right. Loggins and Messina. Um, what else was <laughs> Hang on. 79, maybe ABBA. 71. This is 71. 71. Yeah. Oh, definitely no ABBA. So, your song, Elton John, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gre- uh, Greta, do you think- what do you think Chico? What do you think Chico's told his wife? Just I'm, I'm just out in police business. We see her later on in the movie. You don't know that yet, but um, no. did he just go? I'm going fishing. <laughs> well, well, if he's doing what he's doing, he's he's that's he's probably being honest. Sorry to give you a boring answer there, but you know there's no reason to lie. But I think that you're still a cop even when you got the night off. Like you still have the authority oh, of a cop. Okay, so he's not working in that capacity. He's what, like unofficially training? On the on the yeah. down low, he's tailing his mate, and he's not supposed to be part of this operation. Bressler ah. said. Bressler said, "I want you to obey this guy. Just one man, no tricks, nothing cute." And then they got Clint. <laughs> well, that's pretty much all I had for this minute, um, Greta. Do you have any personal associations with with the suburb of Eastwood in uh, New South Wales? Any funny stories? Oh God, no! Is it no, a nice where place? Where is it? <laughs> Where's Eastwood? Uh, <laughs> there you go. Well, he's on the screen in front of us, but um, no, I think Tim. Uh, no, I, I, I don't. I, is it in Sydney? No. Yes, I oh. think it's near um, Benelong. It's in the Benelong Sea. Near I think. Macquarie, next to Macquarie. Oh. oh, no, I used to go ice skating at Macquarie and hang around with naughty boys when I was 15. But, um, no, nothing in Eastwood <laughs> specifically, just Macquarie. We'll get, I'll get up there one day, pilgrimage, tenuous links. <laughs> <laughs> Granny Davis Memorial Park. That's really? in Eastwood, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who was Granny Davis? Was she the lady who, the bread? The bread? Like, wasn't that a brand of bread? Granny Davis or Granny Smith? Granny Smith. Well, the, that's an apple. Granny Smith's a type okay, of apple. Yeah, okay, come to Sydney for that because there is a Granny Smith festival in um, uh, Hunter's Hill. You mean an, an apple festival? Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. When I used to do community radio, that's what they had there. Really? Um, it was a big event, Granny Smith festival. And so, your, yeah. your dream was to get Paul McCartney or Ringo there, I guess? That would never happen. Yeah. <laughs> There is one thing. Oh, one more thing, Glenn. What is it? The phone booth. It's shaped like those like awesome egg-shaped chairs from the seventies. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like, and it created of... that that nice kind of like teal oval shape in the in the shot, which was really interesting. But yeah, it's a weird looking phone booth. It's not. Oh yeah, like in the Ice Storm, like one of those seventy. You seen the Ice Storm the movie? Yeah. One of those. Yeah. It just reminds me of something in two thousand one. A space mm. odyssey. <laughs> no, not not the year two thousand one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's pretty much all I had. Does any anyone have anything else to add? No, let's push on. Let's watch some more. Well, Greta, thanks very much for joining us. Do you think that's all right? Do you think we could convince you to be in another episode? Yeah, I'll be in another episode as long as there's more crossfades. <laughs> they used to they used to crossfade between scenes. I forgot that was the last thing I wanted to add. I'm like, oh, a crossfade. <laughs> Haven't seen one of those for fifty years. Oh, and it's sort of. Yeah, actually, I'll add that for the antithesis. Sorry, you might have to cut this in. But it was like, there's why they like there's urgency. Why would you use a crossfade? That uh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> like I suppose it was to show the, um, you know, eight miles passing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but anyway, yes, you could totally convince me to be in another episode. That's fine. Terrific. Well, thank you for joining us, listeners, Glenn. Bye-bye. Shane. See ya. Trent. See ya. Tim. See ya. Greta. 
We'll catch you next Bye. time on Dirty, Dirty Harry Minute. Minute. McGonagall. <laughs> <laughs>